High Praise Podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. In Revelations 19 verse 10, it says this, And I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, See that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Everybody say testimony of Jesus. You have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is what? The spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now, one of the things that you need to realize about this local church, what God has called us to do, the mantle, or part of the mantle that God has released within this local church is that to be a prophetic church. And what I mean by that is a church that, first of all, embraces the gifts of the Spirit. Whenever you read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14, what we read is the, uh, the gifts of the Spirit are actually articulated, and there's nine specific manifestation gifts that are there. I won't take time to articulate all of them, but prophecy is one of those nine gifts. It's not the only revelatory gift. Actually, prophecy is an utterance gift, but we also have in revelation gifts, we have the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits. Those are revelation gifts. Now, I want everybody to understand that being a prophetic church means this, that we embrace the gifts of the Spirit and their operation within the local church. Hear this. God designed the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation within the church. One of the reasons that we have prophecy very frequently in this church is because we have made a choice to embrace it. Listen, churches that don't have the manifestation of the gift of prophecy, it's not because God has stopped speaking. It's just merely because they have not embraced that within the church. Here in this church body, we believe that God is still speaking today. Does anybody believe that God's still speaking today? Can you look at somebody and say, God's still speaking today? You know, that's one of the reasons we raise up ministry teams and we raise up prophetic teams. And every service that we have, at the end of the service, we have teams that are down here. Now, you may not realize it and you may not know it, but there is prophetic ministry that goes on at the end of every service here at High Praise. And by the way, it doesn't just stop there. Uh, There's all sorts of things that are going on. We have our LRM, what we call LRM, our restored ministry, that's going on regularly. And there's even prophetic ministry that goes on within there. And so we have to, and, and by the way, it doesn't stop there because I believe that God can use you at Walmart and Winn-Dixie and Publix and anywhere else, wherever you work. I believe that God can use you on Tyndall Air Force Base. I believe that God can use you where at Eastern Shipbuilding. I believe that God can use you in the school where you're at. And you don't have to necessarily go, whoo, I feel the Lord. And God said, no, you don't have to do that. You can just do the same thing that Jesus did whenever he began to minister to the woman at the well. You know, you read the story there in John chapter 4. You know, it's not like Jesus said there was a scroll that just came out of heaven. And I saw all these wonderful words that were written on this scroll. And now I'm going to read your mail. No. 
Jesus just began to have a conversation with her and began to minister prophetically. And actually the things that were going on within her life began to be revealed. You know what that lady did? The lady that was shacking up, the lady that was doing all kinds of things that she shouldn't be doing, she went back to Samaria and she led a revival. What if we started using the gifts of the Spirit and allowed them to be activated within our lives and we go to Walmart and we touch somebody that ends up leading a revival wherever they're at? My friend, the gifts of the Spirit are one of the most powerful weapons of spiritual warfare that God has given to us. There's a lot of other ones. Praise is a weapon of warfare, a lot of different weapons of warfare. But many times we don't realize the importance of the gifts. And hear this. If we don't actually demonstrate them in the pulpit, please hear I'm saying this, we'll never see them demonstrated at Walmart. We'll never see them demonstrated at Winn-Dixie. If there is not a demonstration of the voice of the Lord being released, then we won't have it in everyday life. See, what we have come to realize is this is just commonplace. This should be commonplace for us. God's always speaking. The question is this, are you listening? Right? God's always speaking. Heaven's always broadcasting. That's one of the reasons I don't want to get too far in the weeds, but one of the reasons that Paul gives specific guidelines for the operation of the prophetic within the church. Because the reality is this, on any given Sunday, particularly whenever you get in a prophetic house where the anointing of God is flowing, you could line people up and everybody could prophesy. Did you know that? Because the anointing begins to arise and there are certain uh, restrictions that actually Paul placed upon the operation of the gift of prophecy. Uh, and he even said, you know, if there's one prophet and, and God reveals something to them, then let, you know, let the others sit down. They don't need to actually articulate the same thing. And so, and again, I don't want to get into too much detail there, but we have to understand that God is always speaking. Amen. I said, God's always speaking. And so why is God always speaking? Now you find that in first Corinthians chapter 14, verse one. And it says this, pursue love. Pursue love. Everybody say, pursue love. What Paul was saying there is you need to make sure that whatever you're doing, you're doing out of a heart of love and compassion. In other words, whenever I begin to prophesy, it's not because I want to make sure that everybody knows that I'm anointed. I'm not, I'm not doing it for platform. I'm not doing it for praise of men. I'm not doing it for any of those reasons whatsoever. I'm doing it because I'm pursuing love. So love motivates me, amen? So pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may, that you may do what? That you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue, talking about an unknown tongue, does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification exhortation and comfort to men. Would everybody say edification? Say exhortation. And then say comfort. So I want you to understand this. The primary purpose that Paul lays out for the purpose of prophetic ministry within the local church is found right here in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3. And what it says is to edify. Edify means to build up. It means to make strong. It means to actually form a habitation. And then exhortation means to push forward and to encourage. So the prophetic word comes to build us up, to make us strong, 
<clears throat> but it also comes in order to push us forward in the purpose of God. How many of you here this morning believe that God has a purpose for your life? And how many of you know whenever you receive a prophetic word or even there's congregational prophetic ministry, hear this, the purpose of that prophetic word is to push you forward in the things of God. It's to push you forward in God's plan for your life. And for every single one of us, God has a divine plan for our lives. And then he goes on to say to comfort us. You know, it's good to know that God knows your address. How many of you ever been in a place where you were wondering, does God even know I exist? Well, the pr prophetic word begins to come over us because God is letting us know, I know exactly what you're going through right now. I know exactly what's going on within your life right at this moment in time. I can remember whenever uh, Andy, uh, was, he was where you were working in, um, up in, in Fort Rucker, and he really wanted, he was having to travel back and forth to Fort Rucker. His family was here, Cindy was here, and the kids were here. And he was having to travel back and forth. And I remember the Lord gave me a word concerning God actually going to give him the desires of his heart. I don't remember a lot of what I prophesied. I just, and the only reason I remember what I prophesied to him, because the Lord kept giving me that word and I kept prophesying it to him. I don't know how many times that I prophesied that word to him. And then he would apply for a job here and it wouldn't come through. And I'm thinking, Lord, you're going to have to do this real quick. He's going to think I'm a false prophet or something, you know. And I, and I just kept encouraging him. And, and then the Lord would give me another word to be very similar. You know, God's going to do it. God's going to do it. You, you know, listen, whenever something continues to be declared over you, it's not that God thinks that you didn't hear it the first time. He's just saying it once again to comfort you and to let you know, I got your address. I know your number and I got your days in my hand and I am ordering your steps. You're right on track. Keep going after it. Hallelujah. Amen. There's been times that I needed to hear something that I'd already heard before. Why? Because I thought maybe God forgot about it. You don't understand what I mean by that. Listen, God never forgets about anything. Do you know that? He remembers what he says. And so kept getting that prophetic word. And the good news is this. Praise the Lord. I am not a false prophet. And the word came to pass. And God did exactly what did he said that he would do. Amen. How many of you ever received a prophetic word and you saw it come to pass within your life? I mean, you saw it come to pass within your life. You know, we got some people around here that I could line up this morning and could give testimony after testimony after testimony. And understand this, the prophetic is not a crystal ball. Okay, the, the prophetic ministry is not to tell you, you know, what the consumer price index is going to be two years from now. Does everybody understand that? The, the, the prophetic word is not to tell you what the stock market is going to do. The, the prophetic word is not to necessarily tell you the temperature that's going on in the political realm at a given moment or a given time. Understand, the prophetic word is, comes to edify you, to build you up, to bless you, to exhort you, to push you forward in the things of God. It's not like I want to come. I actually had somebody come one time into the uh, service, and um, they came up to me at the end of the service and said, is it okay if I go up there and get a reading? 
I said, a reading? What are, you, what are you talking about? You know what those people do, and they're telling you the future. I said, listen, the prophetic is not about telling you the future. This is not tarot cards and Ouija boards or, or anything like that. This is the word of the Lord and what God is saying and speaking. In other words, what you're going to hear is God's purpose for your life. What you're going to hear is God's intent that he has for you. He's not going to tell you necessarily where you need to go five steps down this way and go three blocks down this way and all of a sudden there's going to be a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. What God is going to start out is he's going to speak over you in order to push you forward in his purpose. Amen. God has a purpose for us. Amen. So the prophetic ministry in the church comes to do that. Again, I, and I'll just, I, I, please hear how I'm saying this. I'm not trying to throw stones at anybody, but there's been a lot of things that I've heard people say over the last decade and they would say things and put, thus saith the Lord at the end of it. And the whole time I was shaking my head and I was going, that is not God. So please understand this. Just because somebody says, thus saith the Lord, does not mean that God is saying it. All right? I, I'm going to give you a real easy way to discern. First, this is the first thing that we use to discern all prophetic ministry, and that is this. If it does not line up with the Word of God and the Spirit of the Word, then it is not the voice of the Lord. Right? Remember the first scripture says that the Spirit of prophecy is what? The testimony of Jesus. So if it does not line up with what Jesus did, if it doesn't line up with what Jesus taught, if it doesn't line up with the spirit and the heart in which Jesus delivered everything, if it doesn't line up with redemptive truth, then we have every responsibility to throw it out, to discard it. As a matter of fact, please hear this, we are commanded to evaluate and judge prophecy. It doesn't mean that you reject it just because you evaluate it. I need to say that again. You're not rejecting something just because you evaluate it. Right? Just because you judge it, and by the way, again, the standard that we use first and foremost is the written word. There is no prophetic word that should violate what God has already spoken in his written word. Amen? So we understand that as a prophetic church, we embrace the gift of prophecy. We embrace all of the nine gifts, not just prophecy, but we embrace all nine of the gifts of the Spirit. We also embrace this fivefold ministry. What is fivefold ministry? Fivefold ministry is this the ministry of the apostle and the prophet and the evangelist and the pastor and the teacher. There are so many churches today that are what we call threefold uh, uh, churches. So they embrace the gift of the pastor, and they, uh, they embrace the gift of the teacher. They're doing their work in Sunday school, and that's where the ladies can function, but nowhere else. Are y'all here? I don't want to go there. And, you know, and they embrace the evangelist, but they don't really embrace the apostle and the prophet. And I want everybody to hear this. Whenever you read Ephesians chapter 4, what you see is this, that it, it declares that God has placed within the church apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, doesn't stop there, for the perfecting of the saints. For the perfecting of the saints. How many of you know that the saints are not perfect yet? Right? Believers aren't perfect. Churches aren't perfect yet. 
And so understand there is always going to be apostles and prophets in the body of Christ until the church has been perfected and come to the full stature of the knowledge of God and a full mature uh, bride that Jesus has called it to be. So we have to understand that those gifts are still within the church today. And hear this, there is no gift that God places in the church that is an optional gift. In other words, we need every single one operating. We need to receive every one. Hear this. High praise, we receive every gift that God has. We receive the gift of the apostle. We receive the gift of the prophet. We receive the gifts of the spirit. We receive every one of them. And also, let me just go ahead and say this while I'm at it. God is not a sexist. And, by, and God's not a racist either. Did you know that? And hear this, God will use whoever, and he's not checking out your gender before he decides he's going to anoint you and call you to do something. And so God will use men and women. God will use black and white. God will use Latino and Asian. God will use Native Americans. God will use anybody that will just say, Lord, I surrender myself to you. Amen? And so we have to realize that we have a God that wants to use all of us, and we just got to be willing. Amen? Now, the voice of prophecy, the gift of prophecy is needed in the church. It will always reflect who Jesus is. If the word that is being prophesied is not reflecting who Jesus is, then you need to actually trash it. You need to throw it away. You need to reject it. We have every responsibility to reject, to, to judge and evaluate words that are not in the heart and the spirit of what we see reflected in the life of Jesus. If it doesn't line up with the life of Jesus, then we throw it out. You know, I've actually seen people that prophesying some things even as of late, and I'm just shaking my head, and I can take you to at least a half a dozen scriptures where Jesus said something totally opposite of what they're prophesying that the Lord is saying. And so hear this, you got to be careful who you listen to. Can I say that? I'm going to say it to this group over here. You got to be careful who you listen to. I'm going to go over here on this side. You got to be careful who you listen to. And we got a lot of people in the church today that are getting all of their information from outside voices, yet they will ignore the pastoral authority that God has even placed upon the pastor to lead and guide them in the way of truth. And hear this, there's a, you just because somebody puts something on Facebook doesn't make it accurate. And I see it on a regular basis. You know, you don't have to stroll too far down your page, you know what I'm saying? And you're going to find cutesy statements that so often are not even biblical. They're contrary to what the Bible actually says, contrary to what Jesus said. But people go, yeah, that sounds good. Just because something sounds good doesn't mean that it is good, right? And just something, because something tastes good doesn't mean that it's good for your body. As a matter of fact, the things that are the best for your body don't taste good. You ever found that out to be true? You know, look, I love Snickers bars, but the reality is all that sugar is just not good for you, right? And, uh, you know, and uh, nothing, I'm not saying you can't ever have a Snickers, okay? And I love Reese's. Please, I, 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 I don't know if I should even say this because I'll have people actually bring them to me next week. I don't, please don't do that. If you love your pastor, do not bring me any Snickers or Reese's cups. I need to get rid of all of those things. <laughs> and uh, 
We like sugar. How many of you just admit, I like sugar? I like sugar. I like to eat some sugar, right? How many of you like broccoli? We got some strange people here in this church. <laughs> Either you're strange or you're lying, one or the other, I don't know. I mean, if you go somewhere and they put a piece of cheesecake in front of you or a, a stick of raw broccoli, what are you going to choose? Absolutely, you're going to choose the cheesecake. You know why? It tastes good. Let me tell you what that cheesecake is packed with. It's packed with two things you really don't need, and that's fat and sugar. What a wonderful combination. You eat the sugar and it tells your body to store the fat that you're also consuming at the same time. Isn't it a wonderful combination? Right? No, we don't really like broccoli. It doesn't taste good. Green beans, mm. If you really season them with bacon, <laughs> then they're good. But otherwise, forget it. I don't want any green beans. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Are we having green beans today? Oh, God forbid. Anyway, nonetheless, I mean, you try to season them things, and just, you, there's only so much you can do with a green bean, right? Now, if I, if I had my choice, I'd rather have cheese grits than green beans, right? But green beans are better for you than cheese grits. The point that I'm trying to make in all of this is usually what we like the least is what we need the most. And the things that tickle our ears and that tantalize, because listen, I don't care what persuasion you are and what you believe or what you want to believe, there is a flavor for you out on Facebook and on social media that will agree with anything, anything, anything. I, I don't care what you believe. There's something that's out there that will come into agreement with what you believe. And most people, what they do, they're not searching for the truth, they're searching for something that will actually agree with what they are, the predisposition that they already have. I'm looking for something that will confirm what I already think, what I already believe. And we saw, uh, I want to, don't want to go again too far in the weeds. I said all that to say this. If you look hard enough for a word that you want to get, you'll find it. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the Lord, Right? And so you got to practice some discernment, even with the prophetic. Here in this church, I want everybody to hear this. We embrace the prophetic, but we don't embrace everything that comes down the pike. Right? With thus saith the Lord attached to it. And I don't care who it is, and I don't care how many followers they have on Facebook, and I don't care how famous they are, if it does not line up with the Word, if it does not line up with Jesus, we reject it and we will not receive it. Praise the Lord. Now, why do we do that? It's because I take seriously the, the responsibility that God has called me to as a pastor, as an apostle, and that is stewarding the flock of God. And so I take very seriously, you know what, that's the reason that Paul said, because there were so many things that were floating around, going around, that's the reason Paul said this, when I came among you, I suffered to do nothing except for Jesus and him crucified. In other words, I've come to teach you Jesus. I'm going to tell you about Jesus. I'm going to tell you about redemption. I'm going to tell you what, what, what God is doing right now, what God is doing within your life, what God is doing in the church. There's all kind of crazy stuff that's going on. By the way, crazy things going around is not something new because it was going on in the early church also. 
Prophecy is redemptive. Everybody say redemptive. Since, since prophecy is the testimony of Jesus, it can be nothing but redemptive. Prophecy does not come to judge you. Anybody ever, uh, has anybody ever uh, received some type of prophetic word? Maybe somebody called you out, or maybe it was the very first time that you ever received any prophetic ministry. Was anybody ever frightened whenever you first started receiving a prophetic word? Anybody here? Everybody? Anybody? I know the very first time, our very first exposure at Christian International, before we went there, I prayed up. Because I was convinced my idea of prophets was this. They're going to line up and they're going to go, nee, 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 nee. it's almost like a, it's like a spiritual cat scan. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, to totally scanning you. And if there's any sin in your heart, if there's anything wrong in your life whatsoever, they're going to declare it and they're going to say it and they're going to expose it for everybody to see. And I'm going to say this once again. The prophetic is not about exposing your sin. And the prophetic, hear this, it is not about even judging you for any, because listen, Jesus took the judgment. That's redemption. Jesus took the judgment. So if, if prophecy is the testimony of Jesus, then it's going to testify of this. Jesus already took your judgment. Jesus took your sin. Jesus took whatever is ailing you right now. There is hope for you. You don't have to live this way for the rest of your life. You're not going to be punished for everything that happened 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 30 years ago. There is redemption available for you. Judgment has passed you because of the blood of Jesus. That's what prophecy is going to declare. It's not going to say, oh, you did it. Now you're going to get it. Oh, you did it. Now you're going to do it. Saith the Lord. Oh, you did it. Now you're going to, thus saith the Lord. That's not what prophecy comes to do. <laughs> I don't know if anybody ever played football. That was a cheer that they used to have. Okay, I, I played football, and you could always hear. Anytime one of your players got hurt, all the cheerleaders, ah, you did it. Now nah, you're going to get it. And a lot of people actually grow up, and they think God's that way. You step out of line a little bit, oh, that's it. Here, here it comes. You mess with the bull, now you're going to get the horns. I'm coming after you. And hear this, God is not that way. He is a loving father that desires to give you good things. And by the way, listen, if he was going to slap you around for everything that you ever did wrong, you'd have been being slapped around a long time ago. Amen? Aren't you glad that that's not what he's doing? And he'll come in the middle of all the, all the crazy stuff going on in your life. You know what the Lord is saying? I got a purpose for you. Right in the middle of your sin... God will come and say, I got a purpose for your life. Right in a, a, a jacked up place. I know that the Lord's given me words to people before, and I knew what was going on within their life. I knew that they were jacked up. I knew things were, and that's one of the reasons I'm not going to probably, I don't, they, don't, they know that already. That doesn't need to be revealed. They know what's going on, right? But you know what? The Lord will give me a word of hope for them. See, because prophecy is redemptive. Prophecy comes to do this, wants to grab your hand and reunite you with the hand of God. It wants to pull you together, not separate you. And you know what? By the way, also, prophecy is going to produce some unity within the church. When people start prophesying things and try to pit people against one another, that is not the word of the Lord, my friend. Are y'all hearing me today? 
We have to understand and be able to discern those things. That's not really a part of my message, but it seems to be the way that it's went. But we have to embrace the prophetic, but it's more than just embracing anything that has thus saith the Lord at the end of it. We have to evaluate it. And by the way, my wife, Stacy, Pastor Stacy, she used to work at a bank years and years ago. And uh, you would think that the way that they would teach tellers to be able to discern counterfeit money would be to actually handle that counterfeit money, look at it. And you know what? That it, they don't ever teach them to discern the counterfeit by handling the counterfeit. They teach them to discern the counterfeit by this, handling the real. Can I tell you, the more you handle the real, whenever a counterfeit comes along, you go, oh, something went right about that. Right? I mean, we've had it before. It happened very infrequently, but somebody get up and prophesy, and I'd have people come up to me and say, Pastor, there was just something that just didn't, you know, particularly our, some of our pastors would come up and say, this something just didn't, it did not gel. It just, just, it did not witness with my spirit. You know why? Because you've gotten accustomed to handling the real. And whenever you handle the real, then when the fake comes along, when the counterfeit comes along, you go, mm, God bless them, praise the Lord. We're not hate, we don't hate them. We're not going to call them a false prophet, but we're just going to say, you, bless their darling heart, they sure tried. But you know what? We're not going to receive what they just said. And I've had to do that with, you know, there have been people, even ministers, that have had to say, I'm sorry, I love you, but that's just not what God is saying right now. That's not, that is not the word of the Lord. And I love you, but I'm not going to receive that. So again, as a prophetic church, we have to both embrace the prophetic, but also there has to be guidelines. And there has to be ways that we can actually evaluate and say, you know what, this is what we receive. We, we, we eat the hay and we throw out the sticks. Because I tell you what, if you try to eat the sticks, what will happen is you'll end up getting choked. You don't have to turn there, but Isaiah 55, I'd encourage you when you get home this afternoon, read Isaiah 55 verses 8. Go all the way down to about verse 16, 18, somewhere around there. And what you see is a picture that is painted by the prophet Isaiah of what the prophetic word comes to do. It actually says, so shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. It will not return void, but it will accomplish in the thing whereunto I have sent it. See, whenever God begins to declare things over your life, understand this. God's intent is to accomplish something within you. God's intent is to do something through you. God's intent is to do something within you that is going to make a difference. As you read on down, verse 10, it actually says of Isaiah 55, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be. What he is saying is this, the word that is prophesied, it is like the water that waters the earth. The word that is prophesied, it is like seed over your life. And what happens is whenever we receive the prophetic word, what God has already planted on the inside of us begins to blossom and begins to bear fruit. I've shared this before and I'll, I'll close with this. There's so many things, I've got so many testimonies personal testimonies. I'd be here all day long telling you all the testimonies of things that have happened within our lives 
as a result of the prophetic word that was spoken. Even going all the way back into the late 80s, uh, there's so many profound things, sometimes just trying to find out which one to share, but I think the one that is probably the most endearing to us, the one thing that made the biggest difference within our lives and was monumental is our daughter, and many of you have heard this story before. We had received several different prophetic words about how that we were going to have a daughter. Understand this. When God declares things over you prophetically, God is forearming you for something that is to come. In other words, God is already equipping you for the battle that is down the road that he knows about that you might not know right now. And the word came over us that we were going to have a daughter who would be a dancer in the house of the Lord. That was the beginning of February, 1988. There are probably many of you here that weren't even born then. February, 1988, Pastor Joshua was two years old at the time. And uh, we had been wanting to have another child. Uh, let me say this. She had been wanting to have another child. We had just went on staff at CI, and we were making absolutely nothing uh, when I say absolutely nothing, I'm talking about making $800 a month. That was my salary. And even by the standards of that day, that was nothing, okay? It's really nothing now, but it was, uh, it, you know, it was, uh, you couldn't live on that much. And uh, so she got a job outside the home. And um, we got these words about having a daughter who would be a dancer in the house of the Lord. In March, we had a Holy Spirit conference. They were three times. She went in there and prayed. Before we started the conference, she prayed and said, Lord, I want confirmation that this is you. And so she begins to pray. By the way, husbands, watch out whenever your wife starts praying. And she prayed that the Lord would confirm this. Now, she never got any kind of word of confirmation. But guess who did? Not one time, not two times, but three times. Three times. Three different people. Three different occasions all gave me a word about a baby. Said, you're going to have a baby. One of them said, you're going to have a baby, and you're going to have it before the end of the year. This is March. Okay, that means something has to happen very quickly if it hasn't already. And so I shared with her, and she was very ecstatic about it. And I was still, you know, just trying to, I'm thinking, I'm processing, how are we going to pay for this? How, you know, because babies are expensive, we don't have insurance right now. I mean, there's all sorts of things that are going through your mind. And I know what God said, but, you know, I'm looking at everything in the natural at the same time. And uh, so, anyway, at the end of the month, end of March, she did an EPT test. And whenever she did that EPT test, it was positive. And so, from that point on, we were excited. A couple of weeks later, then she began to bleed very, very heavily. And she began to bleed very heavily. She... Um, she went to the doctors, and then the doctors did a, another examination, and they came to the conclusion, the diagnosis was this, you have a blighted ovum. The blighted ovum means basically pregnancy took place, but then it just literally died on the vine. No, no life, no heartbeat, no anything. And uh, she called me from the doctor's office and said, this is what they have said, and she's bleeding very heavily. And she said, what should we do? At that time, by that time, we'd had five different prophetic words about having a baby. And I said, we're not going to do anything right now. What we're going to do is we're going to stand. She said, they want, to, they want me to go to the hospital. They want to do a DNC. I said, well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to stand and we're going to believe God. 
because I believe the word of the Lord is greater than even the word of the doctor. The, word, the doctor is diagnosing based upon what he's seeing there in front of him. But you know what? I got a word from heaven. I got a word from heaven. I said, I have a word from heaven. And we took the word and she got home and I laid my hands upon her stomach and I began to declare this. You will live and not die. You will live and not die. And every day that I would lay my hands upon her stomach. This went on for six weeks. She bled for six weeks consecutively. And I'm not talking about just a little bit of spotting. She bled. I said, you will live and not die. You will live and not die. Finally, all the bleeding stopped. She went back to the doctor. They put the heartbeat, the fetal heartbeat monitor on her stomach. And as soon as they did that, you could hear the and the heartbeat was there. The doctor jumped back in total disbelief because that wasn't supposed to take place. But can I tell you, God gave us something and equipped us with something. Paul said to war a good warfare with the prophecies that have went over you. Listen, this morning, some of you need some favor. You need to take the word of the Lord that was prophesied and say, I'm going to war a good warfare with that word. I'm going to war and declare that there's favor over my life. Long story short, December 6, 1988, our daughter Kayla Denise was born and he's here today because of his mother that was born on December 6, 1988. My friend, you got to take the word and say, let God be true and every man a liar. I'm not going to be discouraged. I'm not going to quit. The word has been spoken and God will do what he promised he would do. Would you stand to your feet and give the Lord a shout this morning? Hallelujah. Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.